We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Presented by Under Armour and Sleeper Fantasy. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, we're recording this Monday night. Warriors win over the Brooklyn Nets, 109-98. Got a special guest. Got senior NBA reporter from Yahoo Sports, Jake Fisher, coming on the show a little later tonight. But good Warriors win. Good win against the Brooklyn Nets. Was not a pretty game, but I think it was an interesting game in general. (laughs) If I told you going into the game, the Warriors would hit, would only take 22 threes, would be four of 22 from the three-point line, and all four makes would be Steph Curry. So everyone not named Steph Curry was 0 of 11 from three. What would you think the result would have been? The result would have been the same as what we've seen the last the last few weeks, right? They lose by maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe eight or nine. Yeah, and uh, and that's not what happened tonight. They won. Brooklyn, struggling side, struggling more than the Warriors. I, you know, not not a particularly good team in their own right. But you're on the road, <laughs> uh, third game of a road trip. Uh, you're down a couple bodies. No Wiggins, uh, no GP two, no Chris Paul. Of course, Moses Moody first game back didn't really play too much tonight. Um, wins a win. You got to take at this point. The Warriors have to take wins where they can get them. You know, so I, I, I thought I thought uh, it was pretty cool to see. And we'll get to the lead because I love when you bury the lead. It's a it's I love it because we don't want to start off on too hot. But I genuinely love uh, seeing guys like Guy Santos uh, play and then play well, play hard. Andy uh, Kerr. It's, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's why he was in. Uh, I thought it was funny because, you know, I watched the first half. And I'm like, I don't know. Then he closes the game. Pajemski. Play super hard, man. Thank goodness he was all right. Claxton kind of pulled a Draymond on him, kind of clocked him yeah. pretty hard there, right? So thank goodness pause was okay. Another double-double. Dude, the dude is a rebounding machine. He's a ma- you know, the thing with him is he's he, he's he got this Steph ability where – because, you know, Steph's a pretty good rebounding guard for who sure. he is. The, the guys just know where the ball is going to go. I think that's innate. Draymond's kind of had got – he has that in him. That's why he's been so good at so small. Uh, guys who just know where I think Looney has that had that in him before he kind of lost it this season. But um, I don't know. I, Sam, I enjoy watching guys that give a fuck. 
And that to me is that to me is Pajemski, obviously, all season. Guy Santos tonight. Lester Quinones, who I don't know if I love him, but plays so hard out there. Moses Moody came back tonight, played very hard. He struggled a little bit, but he played very hard. And then Kaminga, young guy. I mean, obviously, all the fun stuff. 29 points, 10 rebounds, whatever, right? But it's just cool to see the young guys oh, just man. play hard, right? Because it's just it's just I'm tired of watching vets on this team not play hard. We've seen that. We've seen that a lot. And it was just nice to see the kids play hard and, and they win. I I I have a, a alternate theory for you. Mm. Are the vets not playing hard or have they just lost one step too many? Yeah. They just can't. I guess it's I guess it's a can't. mix because I can't say Wiggins has lost a well, step. Well, I was gonna say, what does that say old? about Wiggins? What does yeah. that say about Wiggins? But but in Clay's case, yeah, it's jarring to watch them play right. without him. Man. Uh and we know the formula with this team. The formula with this team has always been about putting two-way versatility around Steph and Draymond. Steph is maybe the greatest offensive player of all time, certainly the best of his generation, on the short list of all time. You see that stat most game, most 40-point games over the age of 30? Insane. Sorry, most 50-point games over the age of 30. That's that's insane because he's a 6'3 guard. It's like him above Wilt, LeBron, and MJ. He's just think best. about that. That's insane. True skill. Um, True skill, by the way. It, it not He's just not putting his head down and getting to the basket. I, hey, look, if that's what you do, I can't blame you. I mean, Kuminga does that half the time. Good for you. Yeah, I love Kuminga. <laughs> I love it. it. By the way. Yeah. I love it, but Steph can't do it. So his his version of 50 points is why it resonates so much with people, right? It's why so many people still – still Artists. He's still the number you know, one artist. jersey. He's still yeah. the number one jersey. He, he didn't switch his number. He didn't switch his team for the sixth time, right? He didn't do any of these gimmicks to try to get sales. Like this, just he just he's just number thirty. Golden State Warriors been there for two decades. It's still the number one guy. It's amazing. People love him. Yeah, he he's awesome. And then to tie the point together, Draymond, right? I mean, he's still the smartest defender in the NBA. He's still as good as it comes to quarterbacking a defense. If you surround those two guys with versatility and two way play on both ends. It's it's unbeatable. And I'm not saying they've done that, but tonight they made a very conscious decision to say, you know what? Clay just looking old these days. He's just looking old. He's slower. He doesn't realize his shot isn't what it used to be. Uh, you know, he's not what he's not what he once was. And so they just went with young guys who give a shit around the two of them and play hard around the two of them. And it worked. Now, I don't know how much Guy Santos, <clears throat> Pajemski, and Kuminga, three guys, 21 and younger, is going to work against better teams. But it points back to the formula, the formula that we know which works, which is put two-way guys around Steph and Draymond. They don't need to be the fanciest offensive players. They just need to be guys who play hard and can – do something, hit a shot, cut, get a rebound, do that sort of stuff. Uh, I'd be remiss if I wasn't looking at this and going like, man, maybe maybe they should just, you know, we're up against a deadline. Get a Royce O'Neal who <laughs> hit everything oh in the second God, half. What was that? Get a, um, get a Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, get some of these guys who are just wing two-way guys who play hard and can hit shots, right? Yeah. So. I are we doing the clay now? Because you mentioned the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we doing the clay? We get into right. it a little bit because it's okay. It, okay. How do you how do you ignore it? They went with Guy Santos, who I guess he's technically on the roster, but he's pretty much a two way guy <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. can't shoot the ball. 
yet. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe it'll come around. Free throw from the free throw line. Free throw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're definitely be- look. If Guy Santos can hit open catch and shoot threes, he's an NBA player. Yeah, sure. If right. he can't, he's floating around as this like end of the bench goon guy who's sometimes in the G League, sometimes I in the love NBA. it. I love it. You know. Yeah. But like the point stands, which is just like high energy wings. It was ugly. It wouldn't have been ugly if those guys could hit shots. By the way, it, they would have. They would have been a. It would have been a three-quarter game if those guys hit shots. But right. if those guys could hit shots consistently, now we're talking about like the 2016 Warriors, you know? Right, right, right. And that, right. That's like the formula they had then, which was, you know, Steph, Draymond, and a bunch of versatility at a high level. And this is more versatility at a young figuring it out level. Yeah. Um, I so okay, so there's a couple of things you you said a lot. So the first thing I want to dive into is the uh is the wing, the the two-way wings around Steph and Draymond. Um, that's always been the formula. I think Kaminga has established himself into being one of those guys, at least offensively. I think just pretty obvious. 28 points. He puts his shoulder down. I mean, it just right to the rim. He shot 12 free throws tonight. One of the craziest things this season in terms of his leap is that I'm not actually worried about him going to the free throw line. I feel like he's going to make it most of the time. Uh, it's not like a Wiggins thing where I just know Wiggins going one for two or all for two, which is hilarious. Uh, but with 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 Kaminga, he got, he, got, he got the Jake Moody eyes. Where you look at him, you're like, oh, oh no, oh yeah. Did he? Did you see Wiggins against the Lakers? I mean, the dude shit his pants and went over two. were not even close. With Kaminga, you kind of just know. Hey, he gets on line four times. He's going three for four every time, which is which is super solid. That's seventy five percent for a guy that's gonna get there a lot. So I think that's one of the wings that's obvious. But Sam, the other one that's tough is if you're telling me tonight that Guy Santos, and this is unsustainable unsustainable that he's going to be able to play 18 minutes in winning games. But if you're telling me that Key Santos played 18 minutes and closed over Clay Thompson against a pretty mediocre Brooklyn Nets team, that says a lot about Clay. It says a lot. And I think we're getting, what point are we getting to right now? I don't know. That's the sad part about this is that I, I don't know where we're at with him. He can't be happy with it. Um, He's still coaching 30 minutes, but hmm. you know, the coaching staff Hmm. is sending a message. They're not, they're not punishing. They're not embarrassing clay publicly, uh, but they're just doing the look, man, if you don't have it, we're going to go away from you. We've given you enough time. It's just how it has to be. And honestly, that's, kind of how they have to coach the game. Like they can't keep giving games away. They can't too deep into the season. They can't. Uh, that's where it comes down to. Let's talk Kuminga real quick because I think one of my uh, favorite things about tonight's game, or one of the more interesting right. things about tonight's game, was right. Right. Uh, I, he was not particularly great in the first half. wasn't bad. They adjusted and let him go one on one in the post in the second half, and part of that was just surrounding him with guys who would clear out and let him do it. Uh, but it works. I, when's the last time the Warriors had a guy you could just? Clear it out in the mid post. Let him go one on one. It has to be Kevin Durant. He's obviously not KD. Uh, you're not the shot Harry, maker Harry KD e, is, maybe. but he's such a bully in one on one scenarios, particularly when you space the floor out. And they don't have shooters, but they have, I mean, kind of shooters. I don't know what yeah. you want to call them. Man. Well, that's why you don't play. That's why you don't play a big, to be honest, to let Kuminga operate in the post. You know. Uh, I know people are mad that they don't play a center, but the flip side not playing a center is Kuminga gets a one-on-one, and very few people can guard him in one-on-one. Who who can guard him in one-on-one? Kawhi Leonard? Probably. 
I mean, the best defenders in the world. That's that's yeah. Right. It's, it's like, like it's, that's that's the point. Like a defensive player of the year, maybe that's it. What what is Mikel Bridges? I saw Kaminga put Mikel Bridges in the hoops tonight multiple times, <laughs> and 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 this is not that's an all N- that's an all NBA defender. It is. Right there. It is. He's not a better player than Mikel Bridges. I'd rather have Mikel Bridges ten out of ten times. But you look at Kaminga put Bridges in the in the hoop, and you're just sitting there like, what are we watching? I mean, th- this kid might might really be some special, and and. I think so often, I think as as Warriors fans, or even like you think of Steve Kerr, so often when you look at Kaminga, you think of the shortcomings. And I think Steve Kerr does this a lot, which is obvious because... Oh, Steve definitely does this. That's it, not, it's that's not obvious. Going. Undisputed, he does. Too much. That's why Kaminga hasn't played at all in two and a half seasons. But sometimes the game, and I don't want really to do the ball, don't lie, Sam. Sometimes the game just comes down to a bucket, right? Sometimes it really just comes down to that. And Kaminga, better than anyone else on this team right now, not named Steph Curry, can do it. Right? It, it just Clay can't do it anymore. Wiggins somehow can't do it anymore. And other than that, there's no one else on this team that can just go and put his head down and just sometimes just get a basket. And Kaminga's that guy. And uh, I don't know. Sometimes the game's just that simple. He came out in the second half. You said he had a bad first half. He did. Came out in the second half seven in a row. Just seven, seven in a row. It was pretty easy. I mean, just go right to the whole. It's easy for him, I should say. Not easy for anyone else. And it was easy for him. And give Kerr a little credit on that adjustment. They they basically decided to mismatch Hunt, which is Uh-oh. not something he's traditionally liked to do, you know? But it was just kind of like, look, man, they can't guard him one-on-one. Get him the ball in the spots he's comfortable with and let him go one-on-one. And that's a concession to the system. That That's a concession they have to make. He's talented enough. He second leading score tonight, second leading score pretty much every night in January, right? Like at a certain point, you just have to play to your roster a little bit, you know, insane, (laughs) insane that he's quickly made that jump to being the most, I mean, against Atlanta. I mean, I I think they win that game if Wiggins is able to guard Trey. So I, I just, one thing that's going to be curious for me, um, I know we got the big trade deadline week coming up here, and we got Jake oh, coming good. on to talk about it. We got Jake coming on to talk about it. But I think one thing also that I'm really curious to see is teams are going to guard Kaminga differently. They're going to find a way to not have him just get these lanes to the basket. And what is going to be Kaminga's counter? You know, you could argue that's that's good for Steph, good for Clay, right? Presumably that if they're going to counter with Kaminga, it's going to be easier for the rest of the team. But I don't know. I'm fascinated to see what happens because uh, uh, one thing I love tonight from Kaminga is zero for zero from the three-point line. Oh, I love it. I love it. We don't need it. We don't need a single one. Just get right to the hole every single time. So I wonder what Yeah, but it is. ironically, it kind of speaks to what they do need, which is at some point, teams are going to start walling. Well, not from him. They don't need it. Pods can make a shot, right? Clay to make a shot, right? So it's Fair. Fun. Someone has to hit a shot, but right, right, to your right. point, if Clay's not going to be, I don't know, man. <sighs> the Clay thing, maybe, maybe this is just a a spell, and Clay comes out of it in a week or two. But it does, I don't know. Doesn't feel. Whoa, 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 you seem a little. Whoa, whoa, what's the? What's the? Don't feel the. What, what's I, It's a little worrisome. Yeah, it's, it's a little worrisome. I think it's over. Wow. He's over. I think I, I would like to see less minutes. I think he's a little tired. I think he's a little gassed out. Can I do this? Can I do the clay defending clay thing? Sure. I think he's tired. I think he's tired. I, I think you could tell. I think the, it's a lot uh, right now on him. There's a lot of stress. I think I think he knows that everyone's kind of 
looking at him and talking about him like like he's completely washed. Um, so I I think I think maybe he needs a week, or I think he just maybe needs less minutes. Uh, right now he's just used to playing thirty five minutes a game. So I, I actually I kind of feel bad for him uh, more than anything. He, I don't know if he see the comments are kind of talking about him being mad or him forcing it. I mean, he shot nine shots tonight in thirty minutes. That's not forcing it. Yeah, I don't think he really forced it. In any capacity, <laughs> like there was a couple, nothing, there were some man. ugly shots in there. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll we'll maybe maybe Clay, we'll leave him alone for a couple games. We'll see what happens. Tonight's Light Years podcast, we are brought to you by Under Armour Curry brand. Steph Curry makes you believe like you can do anything, and the Curry Elevens are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up, showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock with your favorite player and rep his shoes on and off the court. The Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet. Locked in no matter what you do on the court. Step, stopping your tracks with dual density, UA flow, cushioning, and traction. An emergency break you don't even notice. Steph's 11th shoe. Uh, signature shoe steps into the second decade of his sneaker career, pulling colorway inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future on off the court. Take these kicks with you when you leave scrimmage, rep UA wherever you go. Do your thing, change the game. The Curry 11 Future Curry available now at currybrand.com. And we are brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever had a frustrating ticket? buying experience everyone has had it you can't get last minute tickets or it's way too expensive uh, or you're jumping between four different places to find the best price to go and you end up just not going you should not have to worry about that with game time when you buy your tickets to your next big event game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater events near you Game time. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats and the game time guarantee. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110%, not 100%, 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code light years, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-I-G-H-T-Y-E-A-R-S for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Ooh. Live quotes. This is Steve Kerr pregame discussing, you know, there's a topic about how they need a center in general. Uh, and, and I feel like this is an interesting quote in context of what we just watched. Uh, the sustainability of Draymond at the five. I mean, he looked like he was a little winded late in that Atlanta game. I mean, I don't know if you thought that was because he was playing center the whole game, or but you know, where are you at on how sustainable it is to thirty minutes? In the yeah, I mean, there there really aren't uh, you know a lot of Joel Embiid's in the league anymore. You know, so I don't worry so much about um, Draymond playing the five. Uh, I think that game. Being a back-to-back, um, and Atlanta's got some big guys. Um, the combination—I um, mean, it, it's, so it's not not 
not just that Draymond's playing five. It's that he's uh, a little bit older, um, and we don't have a big team around him. You know, so if we had a little more size and physicality around him, then um, then I think it would make things a little bit easier on him. But um, I think the five is really the perfect spot for him where he is in his career, where the league is, and how everybody's playing. He he was in with Trace for a little bit, and there was one play where he kind of crashed into mm-hmm. Trace, and he said he's just got to get used to having that rim protector behind him. What do you think of that pairing, and is that a way you can maybe spell some of the physicality by putting them together a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've played Draymond with Loon for a long time, and the two of them have represented, uh, you know, our best defensive lineup um, given what they do together on the inside. It's just It just hasn't, that lineup hasn't clicked this year. It's getting harder and harder to play um, without, um, you know, spacing and and the kind of spacing you need to to uh, to spread defenses out um, in today's game. I think you pretty much summed up why they don't want a center in one thing right there, which is Jonathan Kaminga. He doesn't want to put a big body parked inside with Draymond who no one's guarding on the perimeter anyway. And then with Kuminga, whose best option is operating out of the post. You can't have three guys operate out of the post. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it comes down to. Do I think they could use a center? Yes, because there's a lot of minutes in a game and you can't just play that lineup 48 minutes every night in that's general. Point. But that's kind of the logic behind it when people... I feel like it's it's always a popular topic to be like, the Warriors need a center. The Warriors need a center. Yeah, to a degree. They definitely need a role-playing center to eat some minutes. Yes. But if you want to unlock their best lineup around Kuminga, around Draymond, around Steph, it involves two other wings. It doesn't involve putting a big man in there. You want a big man for the rotation. You don't need a big man for that, those closing lineups. You saw the you saw the recipe at the end of this game. And I'm not saying Guy Santos, Pajemski, that's the, the, the Western Conference Finals lineup. I'm saying you find better players who can do what they do. That's your best version of a lineup. Well, I think we're arguing about 15 minutes a game right now. Not you and I, <laughs> but I, I think I think like you know, maybe me and the Warriors, maybe, because I feel strongly, I felt strongly about this for a couple of years now, is the 15 minutes Kevon Looney played tonight, he actually played very well, right? I was very happy. You know, I love Looney. You know, we love Looney. Um, so it made me very happy to watch Kevon Looney play well because not only is it cool for him being a, a Warriors fan favorite, but the Warriors need a big guy that can just soak up 15 so that Draymond isn't dying out there. Although you could argue the guy hasn't played half the season, so why is he dying? But besides that point, um, those 15 minutes I, I think are crucial so that Clint Capella isn't dropping 30 on you at age 50. So I, I, I think my point is that can they get a guy that can do that? Now, if you tell me that Looney's just going to be a solid big for 15 minutes again, then yeah, maybe they're fine. Maybe they're fine. I'm not. I'm not saying like they need to go out and get Nick Claxton, although although he'd be nice seven blocks a night. He'd be nice for him, but. You know, maybe they'll, they'll argue you don't want to trade first round pick for him, right? Or, or two first round picks for him. But they do need oh, to we, find a center we that know they don't, they, we know they don't want to trade any picks. Yeah, they definitely not. But I'm just saying they need to find someone. They, they can't just ride this Draymond at the five thing for 48. You said it. You said it. They just, it can't do this for the rest of the season. And 
and then they, they're sitting Trace Jackson Davis, it seems like, just kind of no matter what at this point. So it's this Looney, are you going to play well or are you not going to play well? So far, he hasn't played well. So if that's the case, they've got to find a center that can that can play those minutes that aren't – that just doesn't make him so small. Because, you know, Wiggins kind of playing the four isn't great either. I mean, the no. guy's getting, getting hurt. The guy's been hurt ever since he's had to basically play up. Wiggins not a four. He's a three. And at this point, Kaminga maybe he's a four on defense-ish, but he's definitely a three on offense, right? Or, yeah, maybe I'm mixing it up a little bit. But either way, I still feel like they do need, they do need a big, and maybe that's just Looney. Maybe, maybe that's just Looney. But to your point, you're like, you're saying, can they just get someone that can do? Yeah, some of I'm this? saying so if like, you're talking about what your priority is, my priority is finding like a, a guy who can fit that closing lineup, right, right? And just like you can't go get an Andre Drummond. You can't go get uh like why can everyone sign goons yeah. in the Warriors or not? You know? Bismack Biombo just randomly is back in the league. Was remember early in the season yeah. for Memphis, right? So it's like I don't know. I, I just feel like the more I watch this team, the more I think they need to lean into versatility around Draymond and Steph. And honestly, if they can't find a guy who can eat five, ten minutes, that's like that's that's on the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's more on the coaching staff than uh, a need thing. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I think we agree there. Either way, get that Chris Paul contract off the books. Get us get us someone that can actually apply. Guy Santos, we'll I love him, but sheesh. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, just another big JK game. That's all I want to say right now. We are brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. You use promo code light years you get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms used for details currently operational in over 25 states check out sleeper today here's what we got tomorrow we've got the phoenix suns and the milwaukee bucks I mean, this is one of the best games i think that that is going to be on tv uh national tv the last couple of weeks for sure at least since the uh, warriors played the lakers but here's what i've got i've got a four-leg parlay I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl, right? I'm got a, I got a four-leg parlay uh, for to, to 7X my money. Number one, I've got Brad who's coming off a great game. Looks like he's finally got his legs under him over on the one-and-a-half three-point makes. I've got friend of the show, Samuel, friend of the show, Kevin Durant on the over on 25-and-a-half points. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy money. Yeah, that's easy money, our guy. Then I've got Dame, 23-and-a-half points. I've got under. He struggled. He struggled this season. I don't really like the way that him and, and Giannis play together because they don't really play together. It feels like this is just a my turn, your turn thing. Got the under. I've got the under. And then this one might be the easiest one along with KD. I've got the Giannis double-double. He's going to bring his A-plus game over on the double-double, obviously. Uh, points and rebounds or points and assists or points and blocks, whatever. Points and... Well, you can't do points and free throw makes, but points and rebounds on the double-double for Giannis. You group them all together. That's an easy, easy, everything makes sense. 7X on my money brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy. Man, we got, you realize we got less than three days to the trade deadline. Trade deadline is noon Pacific on Thursday. At last. We're getting there. And I talked with our friend, senior reporter uh, at Yahoo Sports NBA, Jake Fisher, earlier today. I'm going to play it. It's a pre-record, but I appreciate everyone. We're going we're gonna to listen. And we are back on light years. 
And I got a special guest, you know, trade deadline week, host of the No Cap Room and Ball Don't Lie on the Ball Don't Lie podcast network, and author of Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever, which, by the way, you guys should read. Great book. Sometimes I feel like the Warriors are going to just go into tank mode, uh, but that's a different topic. Senior NBA reporter from Yahoo Sports, Jake Fisher. Jake, how are you doing? What's going on, man? I was in Atlanta watching Steph Curry do Steph Curry things and thinking what a shame it would be to take to take a rebuilding turn. But you never know these days, man. You never know. I know. I was. Uh, I knew you were there for that game, and I'm like, if if this doesn't make the Warriors reconsider their non-committal approach to the deadline and wait and see, I don't know what will, because that game was just the perfect manifestation of kind of who the Warriors are, which is Steph is still brilliant. There's a lot of positives, and they leave with the loss. <laughs> well, I'm of the persuasion. I'm of the persuasion. I'm of the opinion <laughs> that if Jonathan Kamiga didn't foul out, that probably is a win for the home team and the home team being the Bay Area team, not the home team that was actually right. the Atlanta Hawks that night. The home team of this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I think, and it's fun. I like talking to guys such as yourself and by that i mean like the probably most notable fan podcaster of the team who are very hard on the front office because <laughs> you really are coming from like the purest place and like the purest perspective of just like wanting the team to win that's like or what or what is best overall for the team's long-term goal sure. of winning which like is what this thing is about at the end of the day right but i yeah. think like the lack of information that's coming out or like the talk about how golden state is like considering various things i would not to like seem like i'm carrying water for everyone up top chase center but like i think it's okay for i think it's smart for teams to be maybe more hanging back and like evaluating things across the threshold but i do mm. agree that they should be within the brackets of getting better right now because Steph Curry is still fucking sick. I mean, I don't need them to be <laughs> in every one of your, you know, trade notebook articles. You had one come out this morning, which I read, and there was one mention of the Warriors, and there we'll get to that later. Uh, none of it matters. Like, what matters is what they actually do with it. If anything, it probably speaks better if they end up making a move and somewhat moving in silence, you know? Uh, you, could, you could argue that's better. Uh, but I wanted to ask you this. It seems to me like this deadline is aiming to be pretty inactive. Like Toronto made some big moves, but they made them two weeks ago and four weeks ago, which is kind of atypical. And just reading your reporting and, and other notable national reporters reporting, it doesn't seem like this is going to be a crazy trade deadline, maybe the way last year was with guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving moving. I would agree. You know, recording this Monday at 3 p.m. Not to pull back the, uh, yeah. curtain, but like it's it's important. To, it's funny. The only analogy that comes to mind is like when you're at a music festival with friends and okay, the um, like the phone circuits are jammed. So like you have, I've always been, I've always been suggested to me in like the or if you're at an amusement park, if you're in high school, you 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 timestamp the text message because you never know how long it's going to take to go through 
the other line because of all the phones. So mm-hmm. as I'm doing podcasts now that are like we're recording it at yeah. this time. So as of Monday, February 5th at 3.07 p.m., uh, yeah, like I do think that the biggest names that are out there are there's probably only a few of them that would really be able to swing the title. And I don't really know if the teams that are really in position to acquire them are really title contenders. Like if the Lakers were to get DeJounte Murray, for example, would you be really, really confident to consider the Lakers Western conference contenders? Like probably not no offense to Los Angeles, but that would Mm -hmm. certainly bring them up the threshold, but there's a ton of teams in the West who are, clearly obvious contenders in Denver, the Clippers, Minnesota, and Oklahoma City in terms of just like this season, what the numbers say, what the eye test says, and everyone else is kind of jockeying for position behind them at this juncture. So I just don't know, like, does Bruce Brown going to New York, in theory, really move the Knicks within like another hair of Boston? Maybe, but... I, I, there, yeah, I, I don't seem to, I don't think that there's going to be that type of stuff. And, you know, for the longest time doing shows such as this, we'd say, well, you never knew that Kevin Durant, Kyrie, everything was, were going to happen. Well, Kyrie already got traded this time last year and it hadn't really been reported yet, but the, the Kevin Durant to Phoenix rumblings were definitely starting very quietly, like, cause it happened, I think Tuesday or Monday night last year. Like I remember the Kyrie yeah. trade happened to Dallas, and then the word was like, "But don't worry, Brooklyn is they're they're sticking with Kevin Durant. Like it's fine." <laughs> and then very quickly there was, "Well, are we sure about that?" And then you know everything happened. Sure. So right now we're already you know it's three o'clock already. Like I mean three three days away. I mean I agree with you in the sense of I would be shocked if a player of the caliber of Kevin Durant was moved this deadline just because that. I mean, how many guys are there who you could put in that category? Eight, you know, and, you know, Luca's not getting traded. Steph's not getting traded. Like, that's like the type of caliber player. What I will say, though, is to your point, DeJounte Murray, does he make the Lakers a contender? Or let's say the Warriors had interest in him, which they apparently don't really. If they acquired him, would he make them a contender? The answer is no, but he would probably get them closer. And that's more the lens I'm looking at it. Because when you watch this Warriors team play, short of them getting a top five to 10 player, they're multiple moves away from probably getting themselves back into the mix of being uh, on the level of a Denver, uh, Boston, those type of teams. Uh, And that's okay. But that's just more moves you have to make when you go to the offseason is the way I'm looking at it. So maybe you acquire someone at the deadline, maybe that player moves you uh, higher up into the play in and make sure you make the playoffs, but that's about it. Still getting you a little closer, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the game. Like it's just about maximizing your odds. Even if it's only 3% more like sure. the best teams title odds, truly, this is not just like speaking as a turn of phrase, like, the cap savviest, most analytic mind in front office are like literally calculating their championship odds, right? You see it on ESPN's BPI, whatever, sure. Hollander stuff. Like the best team's odds at this time of the year is like a quarter. So if you can move it 3%, that's pretty damn good. So yeah. I don't know exactly where that piece is going to be coming specifically for the Warriors team because you could argue several different areas on the roster that would need 
improvements. The beauty of mediocrity is there's a lot of things to address. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, watching the game next to Slater in Atlanta on Saturday, like, he asked about a pregame, and then it just – you notice it because the style of play just dramatically is different. Mm-hmm. We're clearly valuing this five-man lineup with pods in instead of clay at – and they're, they're, they're trying it at the end of second quarters to match it against the other team's top five, and they're trying it post uh, end-of-game situations too. They've clearly had really good success so far. I don't know the numbers act, like at this moment, but at some point in time, it, like around the weekend, heading into the weekend, they were like plus 42 in like yeah. 100 minutes with Kaminga, Draymond, and Wiggins together. So – seems like they're finding some type of formula with this group. However, like Wiggins's name has been one that's out there right on the trade market. So we don't necessarily know if he's going to be around, but I, I would also, I am to bring this to a close. I am starting to put him in the camp of like Harrison Barnes, who were in theory, like the big salary piece that a team was willing to put out there that when they did look around, the market they did see what we're saying that there aren't really anyone there isn't really anyone out there that's better than that guy right now mm-hmm. so you'd have to i think the warriors would have to find like a really good can we turn this dollar into a dollar 25 with two pieces type move for them to actually part with wiggins that's just my read on it right now because i don't see there being players on the board that they would want to go use him to buy with yeah, it does seem like the last two weeks with this lineup having some juice and it does make sense on paper. Like in preseason, I thought this would be what they would go to. Obviously, Wiggins starting the year awful and then Draymond, uh, whatever the hell that was at the beginning of the season, um, mean, meant that they couldn't go to it halfway for half of the year. Um, you mentioned in your trade notebook that came out Monday morning, Chris Paul to the Orlando magic Chris Paul um, probably is the most realistic large contract that they may move off of. Would you agree with that at this stage? Or you think they're still just kind of looking at getting rid of him because it gets him under the apron. And, you know, it's like, it's like a, to parachute out of being a cap hell in some ways. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, I wrote that that rumor has been out there, but I have been told it's not accurate. Ah, I want that to be, Let's have uh, let's let's make sure that's that's straight. Not to I'm just do just being accurate here. Um but I do think a couple things regarding from that. Like it makes a ton of sense for Golden State to keep him with that salary structure in place with the tax implications that you're referring to. So I think that combined with I mean the real on court benefit to acquiring Chris Paul was to of course prop up the minutes when Steph is on the bench and he was doing a phenomenal job at that before he got hurt and there's an argument to be made that I have heard that Chris Paul might even have more value to any team or to the Warriors than any other team in the league because of that duel he he fits a specific position and a role for us plus you combine him with that cap, you know, chicanery that they will be able to consider with him. So, yes, is he in theory someone with that deal that would make sense to be an outgoing salary or something to play with for sure? But I haven't heard his name come up in anything that I've been able to determine is legitimate at this point in time. 
Let me ask you a broader Warriors-related question uh, in terms of the front office there. Are they, are they like pretty talkative in general? And is the fact that we're not hearing much pretty much just a reflection on, yeah, straight up, we're not that interested? Or is it more that they tend to uh, be hard to read that has this position where it seems like, you know, they're probably going to do nothing at the deadline. Again, Monday, midday, a lot of time for that to change. But, you know, right now it's trending towards we like what we have more than what's out there. Well, let's look back to last year's trade deadline mm-hmm. where I remember recording something. Almost, maybe it was on Monday with you and you were like talking to me about Wiseman. I was saying, sure. well, I'm like kind of hearing some stuff, like nothing mm-hmm. to report yet. And then, you know, come what was it 2 47 p.m eastern time right. like he got dealt and then i remember like not hearing anything about pool at all until the draft and then was it the day of the draft he got dealt for cp like immediately i got yeah, text, 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 yeah. text, jordan paul jordan paul jordan pool yeah. he's, he's getting traded to washington and like it does kind of sometimes things do just kind of happen but i'll say mm-hmm. In terms of like the Warriors' talkativeness as it relates to what they're doing, I do think the Warriors have just generally, as a front office, from my experience knowing these guys, they're just like chill in terms of we're not panicking, we're not going to do anything out of like an emotional response. Like they're they seem to be very, let's just say, I mean, calculated. What do you say? Pragmatic. Yeah, and I think part of that can come from the fact that you've won four titles before and you still have people like you don't have like we're the warriors we blah 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 like that can be viewed as like maybe smug in some vein but like i've never felt it that way at all i think it's just it is what it is let's call it what it is kevin durant talks about himself being in the goat conversation and people criticize him but like he fucking is like golden state's won four titles step is step I think they've earned the right to think their process has been pretty darn good over the last, you know, decade plus. And I also think there's even starting to be a little bit of added swagger about the fact that Kaminga has seemed to hit. Like if he, if Jonathan Kaminga continues to be on this trajectory, he's billing into someone who could potentially be a real number two one day, not right now. Sure. that would mark a massive success for the two timeline plan that has been as litigated as any like labeled era of a team building strategy as anything other than the process. Like, I think those are the two things that have been so give both give, on NBA Twitter forever. Give both front offices credit for their branding there, because everyone knows <laughs> what you mean when you say the process or two timelines, you don't even need to, you don't even need to explain it. So maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe Joe Lacob and Sam Hinkie need to teach a course in marketing. Because yeah. look, like uh, <laughs> to be fair, there's been a ton of criticism of Steve Kerr's coaching staff for like lack of player development and stuff, right? Over sure. the years to the point where they even like changed out a lot of the coaches mm-hmm. to really try to reemphasize development because Wiseman wasn't taking strides and what have you. And like Kaminga represents an objective without a doubt success story as a player development guy being that the real goal of taking dudes in the lottery is to hope that by the time their rookie extension comes up there, you have like a real idea of who they are and that they're going to be a real difference maker. 
And like right now, that's clearly where this thing is headed. Yeah. And then mine is might even throw Brandon Pajemski in there on a smaller yeah. scale. Like I can't think of a awesome. rookie, a rookie that Steve Kerr has trusted just in general. And a lot of that's like, I mean, what number 29 pick during like championship years is going to get the trust, <laughs> but like he's getting it and it's deserved because he's a better decision maker than most players on that team. Um, I guess let's, let's wrap it here. One last segment here. I want you to give me a prediction on what you think the Warriors are going to do these final three days. I don't need a player. I don't need like, I don't need you to pull up trade machine and be like, they're trading a second, a protected yeah. second for this. But like, where do you see their head being the last couple of days? And what do you think it, it, it leads to? I do think that Golden State is not like, like Dallas is shopping for four men, for example. <laughs> the Bucks are shopping for perimeter defense. I do think Golden State having various things to look at. And as like, I mean, just watching it the other night, it is kind of interesting to think that the Warriors could maybe stand to have some more perimeter shooting, which is yeah. like not a, but like Moses Moody has been hurt, whatever. So I just think that Golden State is going to be very pragmatic to use your word about paying price points for certain players. But I think they will be able to slide into certain cracks that maybe other teams back away from because they're really not as I don't have their whole draft covered on top of my head, but like they're not as as strapped as other teams are in their position. Like they don't have four first round yeah. picks to trade. To 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 provide the context there, they're um, you know, the 2030 pick, I, I know it's kind of protected, but it's tied to the Wizards until the draft comes, until they can determine whether it converts in a first or a second. And then obviously this pick uh is tied to Portland now, I believe. Portland owns it. So yeah, I mean, they have other options, but there is some there. Yeah, so, and they've got, you know, you, you kind of look on the bench and forget that Gary Payton's part of this team. Sure. Like that That's a salary that they could go do something with in theory. I'm not reporting that. I have even heard that because I haven't, but, like, they just, they have options, and I think the way the trade deadline works compared to other, you know, the draft and free agency like there's a column A and a column B, right? There's positional mm-hmm. needs and then there's teams that are looking to fill them. And like not every line gets drawn. There are people left on the board versus like the draft. There mm-hmm. are 60 spots mm-hmm. and someone's going to get taken. And in free agency, you know, aside from a couple of players who end up lingering forever, like some of these guys are going to go somewhere. So right. it's not how the draft, that's not how the trade deadline works. You know, there's people like it's a market teams go shopping there. They bring certain players and assets they're going to do that sometimes you go home i think when a lot of those teams go home there will be opportunity for golden state to get something that will help them because of the motivations with steph and the fact that they do have a lot of optionality to play with sounds to me like nothing's happening until (laughs) thursday morning my time and maybe it will maybe it won't but it feels like uh just based on everything I'm seeing, this could be a very late moving trade deadline. I think so too. I think so yeah. too. That seems like, yeah. Okay. I guess buckle up. We'll have, we'll have some fun over the next couple of days. Uh, Jake, really appreciate you hopping on. That's senior NBA reporter with Yahoo sports, Jake Fisher. Also make sure to go pick up a copy of author of built to lose how the NBA's tanking era changed the league forever. 
I would not be telling you guys to read it if I did not believe it. It's great. Uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, you, man. <laughs> enjoy not sleeping for the next 72 hours and then go, we'll go take sleep. care of yourself. It won't be much, but we'll get some sleep. Later. <laughs> All you. right. Later. We are back, Andy. We are back. Sir? Am I ready for 60 minutes? <laughs> Extracting. Uh, ex- hey, look, the comments, they like the guest segments, man. By the way, for people who don't know, Sam is the guy that that brings is the brains behind bringing the guests on. So it's always nice to hear people love the guest segments. At least at least Sam likes it, I think. Right. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, always good, man. Man. it's a trade deadline. Let, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you and I both want them to make a move. We may have differing opinions on this, but we both believe this roster needs a jolt. Maybe a big jolt, maybe a little jolt, but I'm ready for something to change with this team. Uh, And I'm even saying that after a win tonight. And I can look at our mentions. I can look at every episode we post. I can look at Twitter. I can look at YouTube. I can look at the Discord. Everyone's curious. Like, this isn't a great team. This isn't the 2016 Warriors. This isn't like we're set. We don't, we're fine the way we are. We just need everyone to be healthy, you know? Uh, And so I'm curious, you know, I don't don't think people are asking for, I I don't think people are, you know, DeJounte Murray is the number one name. So I don't think people are asking for DeJounte Murray. I don't think people were just me pining for this team. Sure. I I would like him too, but I, I don't think, I think he's fine. Um, but I don't I've, think people are, are I've lied to myself team. about how good he is, to be honest. I, I'll lie to myself for anybody that they'll end up training for if they make a trade. I, I think that's the point, though. I think people are, are are just kind of, I think the fan base wants a trade. Just can, can you just shake things up a little bit? We're not, we're not, don't, you know, we're not asking. You don't got to trade Clay. Right? That's not happening. You don't got to trade Kaminga. Obviously, that's not happening. Hell, you don't even got to trade Moses Moody. I mean, he just came back. Maybe he's got another shot in him. So, but you got to find a way to, to to give this team a little bit of energy, right? If you get Bruce Brown, I know you brought Wiggins, up Bruce yeah. Brown. Yeah, let's let's say let's say you get Bruce Brown, right? And <clears throat> he's not he's not moving this team to a championship, but Bruce Brown's a cool, good player. He's a very good uh role player that hits a three, right? Very good defender, makes great passing decisions, kind of like Draymond Green. Like he's not just a three and D, he's- like he can he can do a little bit more than that, but like, you know, he's not going to change the trajectory of this team that much. Maybe they go from a playing team to a first round team, but it would be nice for them to do something like that, to inject some energy, give Steph and Draymond a little bit of life. You know, maybe it'll pick clay up. Maybe it'll pick clay up. Maybe, maybe he'll have a couple good weeks after that. So I don't know, Sam, that's all I'm kind of asking for. The thing I, the thing I do want to point out that I think was uh, my takeaway from that. uh, He reported that he's not hearing anything about Chris Paul. So that worries me. That worries me. That that feels like the front office thinks that they're gonna that they think they need him and that the team doesn't need him. So I, you know, we'll see. They need his contract. They need to trade his contract. My big takeaway from that whole thing is everyone's playing poker and waiting till the last minute right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That that could mean nothing happens, or it could mean someone gets serious at the table Wednesday night. You know, that. But like, Toronto made their moves two weeks ago, four weeks ago. That was the team who we thought was going to be the deadline shaker, you know, that sort of thing, right? Well, it's gone. Siakam's gone. OG's gone. Everyone else had just kind of, uh, you've been to Vegas. You played cards. You're sitting, you're sitting at the table. 
You're just waiting it out, waiting, waiting to see what the dealer's coming with the next round. Just waiting there, waiting to get another cocktail. That's what it feels like right now. No one's ready to go all in on this deadline. Um, and I really have no read. If you had to make me guess, I'd say probably unlikely anything happens. Wow. But mm-hmm. it does. I I really do think it's going to be a Thursday morning type of deal. You know? Yeah. All right. All right. Usually you have a read. If you don't have a read, good Good for Mike Dunleavy. Does it? Does, does good it, for Mike Dunleavy. Does it uh does it look to you like things are moving fast right now? I I mean I've heard I mean I don't I don't have sources. I just it's interesting no, to me like that re- reading everything like right. everyone else. No, you know, Atlanta, we heard they wanted to make trades. Nothing's happened. You know, the Lakers spent three weeks telling Shams how much that they're gonna do everything. That's a funny nothing's one. nothing's happened, right? Like the Lakers are the so, funniest team because they'll they'll just tell you over and over again what they're gonna do, and it's like won't do it until until Wednesday or Thursday. So you're right. I mean, we're we're all taking different paths to the same place. The Lakers aren't trading anybody any quicker. Donatillo is not going anywhere. He's still on the team all the way until he's Thursday. playing well. By the way, but yeah, he wants um, to stay in LA, right? It's like Wiggins. This, the Warriors are ready to send Wiggins to wherever the hell, uh, and Wiggins decide to start playing. I mean, he's hurt again, but it's like at least he decides to play better once the Warriors. I mean, almost semi threatened to trade him off the team, isn't it? Like is. It's crazy how that works. Interesting how that works. Perhaps the NBA needs more motivation for players to do their jobs. Maybe, maybe. Uh... <laughs> All right, now we're getting to the end of the show. Now we're getting to the to the end. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my my big read is uh, it's going to be an interesting couple days. Good win tonight. They need to start stacking wins. Period. I said we ended on that. Bye, y'all. Love y'all.